Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 174, and I am really, really pumped today because we're doing another hot seat session. I love doing these, and uh, Chris Schaefer and I got on together. We listened to this business issue, problem, whatever you want to call it, and we were able to attack it and to really go on the fly. We did this on the fly. We didn't prep for it or anything, and again, I'm prepping you for what you're going to listen to, but it was awesome because we were able to put our heads together and really start drilling down into this particular problem, okay, or this particular issue or struggle. Now, the question was, and I'll just give you the question, but it's really a lot more broad than this, is how should I launch my retail business on Amazon? Someone that's already currently has a business and now they want to take it to Amazon. Now, if you don't have a business already and you don't want to launch it on Amazon or vice versa, this is still going to be very, very beneficial to you because you can hear a lot of these different elements that you can plug in to your existing business or a business that you want to create. Okay. Really, really important to understand that. All right. So just understand that what we're going to do here is we're really going to peel back the curtain and we're going to be able to dive into a certain situation of a real business right now and give our advice and our opinions and our thoughts on what we would do. Now, let me just say this too. Some of you that don't know, Chris and I are doing a live event. It's called TAS Breakthrough Live. Now, currently, it's totally booked. We have 30 people coming, 10 VIP hot seats that we're going to be doing just like this, but live. So you can kind of say like we're kind of... We're, we're, we're training for this in a sense, right? Like, you know, people get ready for the for the fight, right? Or boxers get ready for the fight. We're, we wanted to kind of do these so this way here we can kind of prep for it and kind of get into our zone, if you will, right? So, and we just love doing these. So, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, we're, we're doing this because we want to help people and we want to kind of see how the whole format and the flow is going to go. So, with all that being said, let me remind you one last thing before we jump in. Let me remind you that all of the transcripts for this this episode and other ones in the past are now available in the show notes, of course, and you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 174 to download this episode of this hot seat. And you're probably going to want to do that. There's a ton of gold and value bombs that we're dropping throughout here that weren't even planned. They just happened. So would really advise you to check out the show notes by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 174. For, all right, I am going to stop talking. We're going to go ahead and listen to this hot seat session that Chris and I did talking about how should I launch my retail business on Amazon. Enjoy. All right, Chris, we are back on again to do one of these hot seat sessions. I'm really excited to do these. I know the last one we did was uh, really uh, successful because a lot of people said that they loved it, and that's uh, the ultimate the ultimate thing here. So uh, how's everything going on your end, man? It's going great. I managed to uh, to hurt myself in my sleep, which yeah, is always good. I, I kind of uh, heard you. Uh, you mentioned that before we got on here, and it's a little strange. I'm not sure if you even want to say what happened. Do you want to share what happened? I have I have absolutely no shame. Um, you know, it's funny. You you do stuff, you lift weights, you run, you play soccer, you play basketball. I've never managed to break a bone, but I somehow sprained my ankle sleeping. Um, and so I feel completely unathletic and ancient at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you're I'm ancient, sitting right. down to do this one. So I think we'll be OK. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That is a funny story, by the way. Uh, <laughs> spraining your ankle in your sleep. 
Yeah. You must have been running or something. Scotty will love that one. Yeah, he will. I'll have to share that with him. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's let's quickly discuss this. Now, um, this particular hot seat is coming in from uh, someone that actually emailed me and uh, her name is Katie and uh, she has a, a brand that she sells retail and she's actually a wholesale uh, or she wholesales to retail stores and actually she has been featured in Cosmopolitan, she uh, other other big magazines as well and also uh, recently uh, some of her active wear has been worn by uh, the Biggest Loser contestants. So we've got someone here that's uh, pretty successful uh, as far as being out there in the uh, retail space. So I'm really excited to discuss this because her big questions, and I'm, I'll let her ask the questions and kind of talk about what she's struggling with right now. But really what it is, is uh, you know how to go from retail and then bringing product to Amazon. And I think a lot of people don't realize that you know this is you know something that, the business, the brick and mortar businesses struggle with. And Chris, I mean, I know you know this firsthand because you help, you know, people with this as far as getting their, uh, you know, their products that's brick and mortar to Amazon. I mean, isn't that the case? That is the case. And I, I really like working with people like this because she has the opposite problem that everyone else has. Right? Yeah. Most, most of the people in the TAS community struggle with finding a product. Right. She has products that she knows sell online and that probably will sell pretty well on Amazon. And so it's just a matter of of learning it backwards, really. Yeah, yeah. No, I think this is interesting because uh, anyone out there listening right now that has a current product or sells products on other platforms or in retail or maybe you make uh, some organic type of thing or, you know what I mean, like whatever it is, uh, you know, there's a place for you to start listing your products. And like Chris just said, I mean, a lot of times the hardest part is finding the products. Well, now it's just a matter of putting it onto another platform that's selling uh, or that has buyers that you could possibly start selling. So I'm excited to dive into this one. There is a lot of, uh, I don't want to say questions, but there's a lot of different things that we need to discuss here. So let's try to uh, uh, go through each one that she's asking and try to give her some advice as far as what we would do and what we think that she should do moving forward. So let's go ahead and listen to this uh, question from Katie, and uh, she will go ahead and ask that, and we'll go ahead and go back and forth and uh, give you uh, or give you guys our uh, our opinions and our advice. So let's go ahead and listen to Katie. Hi, I'm Katie Kozloff, and I have an activewear brand for women sizes small to 3X. We right now are selling in about 50 run specialty stores. We sell on Zulily um, and a bunch of other uh, websites, um, but we're mostly a wholesaler, and I'm looking to get rid of our overstock on Amazon. And, you know, knowing that Amazon is this huge marketplace, there's so much opportunity for us to be selling our activewear at a good price since it's this last season. Um, there's a bunch of questions that I have about how to do this. I've been working on it a lot myself, but I have the rest of the business to run, and I just want to maybe get some insight into the best ways or next steps of um, where we are. So, like I said, we do well with the retailers. One of my concerns, I guess, is that fine line between... Um, what our retailers have in their stores and not angering them with selling on Amazon. I think we should be okay um, because we are doing last season, but I was just curious. I always think of Amazon now as more of a price bidding issue and that whoever's the lowest wins. And I didn't know 
um, how you feel if you have a higher-end product or say, again, if we have the in-season goods, we want to be able to sell them at the price that we're offering them to our in our retail stores. Um, I just want to, you know, get a thought about that. Um, really, my real questions are, I've been doing the whole process. We've got our listings up. I tried to make them as optimized as possible, use all the bullet points, have the, all the pictures, and have a good title. Um, so now I've been doing the reviews with the coupon. So I have the AMZ tracker, and I've been doing the reviews and kind of sending those out. I had a bad experience where I did use somebody from Elance, and they gave these coupons out and didn't require reviews and gave out a few thousand dollars of my inventory and we didn't get any reviews for them. So now as I'm going through this process myself, I'm trying to be very cautious because I lost out of inventory and I don't want that to happen again without at least getting reviews. Yes, it most surely bumped up our sales and was great in that aspect or or bumped up our bestseller ranking. Um, But then I realized that you want the bestseller ranking also come with reviews, and then we were out of inventory. So I get that that was like a triple whammy of getting your ranking up, losing, you know, getting all your inventory wiped out, and then not getting any reviews. So that kind of backfired. Um, The other question I have is, you know, with this listing, I guess I feel like maybe our listing isn't 100% the best it could be. Is there a way to kind of figure out what words I should be using in our listing, the best, you know, items, or, or kind of look and see what are we missing, what are, what's our competition doing, how to kind of know how, what they're saying in their bullet points that's grabbing attention or in their title that's getting noticed or, again, getting searchable or the keywords or something. Is there a way to kind of see that easily and um, figure out why they're getting found or why they're getting bought over us? Um, and then also we are kind of stuck at this like two to three units a day and, you know, which is great. And we have reviews on everything now. So now that we have the reviews to the promotions, I kind of want to know what the next steps are. And we're getting about two to three organic sales every day, but this has been going on for maybe a month. So I wanted to know if there was any tips to what we should be doing next. Should I be doing pay-per-click ads now that we have reviews on each style, um, almost how to figure out again how those can be the best, but um, to kind of get our sales going, I mean, two to, two to four units a day is great, but we've kind of been stagnant at that number for a while now, and I was hoping to kind of see it just increase, even if it's two to four, and then, you know, five units, six units, just a little increasing every day right now, we're just very stuck. And then my last question kind of is, to really know how much inventory to keep at the FBA. Um, again, I'm trying to be cautious and not just overload it, but I want to have enough so we don't run out. So is there a way to kind of figure out how much inventory we should be keeping at the Amazon FBA so we know that we're prepared and ready but aren't overloading it um, and having it stuck there? Biggest thing for me is then we sell to our retailers, so I need to have inventory that I can ship to them. Um, so that is those are my main questions kind of figuring out how to get the best out of amazon and make it work for us so we can really grow we have a product that everybody likes all right chris so what do you think i mean we've got a pretty good opportunity here to uh well she does to really uh take advantage of what she has already going so what's your first thought about what you just heard from katie 
I like it, you know, and I kind of said it before we listened to the voicemail and I just want to reiterate it now. Scott, you and I get this question all the time from people who already have products and it's like, does this, does this stuff work the opposite way, right? If I'm not looking for a product that specifically is to be sold on Amazon, if I have another product, can I take it and sell it on Amazon? And the answer is absolutely yes. Now she does have some caveats here because she doesn't want to compete with the other people who are already selling her product and some of those kinds of things. And it sounds like she's at least started down the path. You know, she has some listings loaded. She did a launch, but it didn't sound like it worked out too well. And she is selling. And that's actually one of the the highlights of that, that she kind of glazed over is that she is actually selling. She's not happy at the, the two to three units a day, but she is selling some stuff. So there there is a sign of life there, at least, which is which is kind of cool. Um, you know, one of the things that I noticed and Scott, you and I kind of dove in a little bit and looked at some of her listings is that it looks like she's taken what she's learned in other e-commerce platforms and kind of applied it to Amazon. And while that's a good place to start, that's not necessarily the way that Amazon works. Amazon is kind of a little bit of a different beast. So the way that you would write your titles for an e-commerce site, like your own e-commerce site versus how you write them on Amazon is a little bit different. So I think, you know, the biggest takeaway up front, at least was that she has done done some optimization, but I think that there's a lot of work that can still be done in terms of optimizing her copy. What are your what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, and the very first thing that I noticed when looking at her listings was yes, the product is there, but that's all it is, right? It's it's there. It's not really optimized. There's like one image on most of them. Uh so I mean, and I'm looking at the website right now and you know, she said that I can share the brand. It's KDK Active is the name of the brand. So it's KDK Active and I'll leave a link to her main page uh which you know, I'm looking at her website right now. I'm looking at her sale items and it does look like clearly that she is selling her own products on her own website. So she has, she has an e-commerce store already built. She's got a pretty active Facebook uh, page. She has Pinterest. She's got all of the things um, in her favor. But I think the way it looks like to me right away is I've got product. I can sell it on Amazon. Let me just quick put up a listing. That's what it looks like to me. Okay. So I think that you should take the same amount of love that you would give your own e-commerce store and give that to each Amazon listing as its own, all right? Now, there's, I mean, a, a ton of beautiful images on the website, and I'm looking at them right now, but I also see a quick view, like if you go on that, and you can go ahead and start looking through some of these different images, back, front, side, right? So I would try to incorporate more images, not just the one on a white background, Right. And and that's the main thing that I see right away. The other thing is, and you and I both talked about this, is like it's great to put in like, you know, the brand name, which I think that's fine, but then definitely take advantage of the the uh, title. So this way here you can have more items that you can be found by. Uh so that's that the bullets, the same thing. I think you could be talking more about the benefits and the features, but more about the benefits. You might even want to put in there featured in Cosmopolitan or featured on the biggest loser. I mean, those things are huge. If that's if that's the case, right? Why not use that authority to help sell your product? I mean, like if I didn't know that, if I was going to that listing, I would not know that this was featured anywhere special. I mean, Chris, what's your thoughts on that? That's actually a, a really cool idea. And I think maybe one of the secondary images might be a good place to even showcase that, right? Totally. Hey, you know, if you can get a shot of your pants with the guy from, you know, whoever the trainer is on Biggest Loser, you know, coaching the person in those pants or a shot of you in the spread of Cosmo and figure out how to work that in to one of the one of the secondary photos. You can't do that in the primary photo, obviously, but you could do that in one of the secondary photos. 
that would lend a lot of credibility. And I think the thing that that a lot of retailers struggle with when they move on to Amazon is that unless you're a like a Sony or an Apple, Amazon isn't necessarily going to be brand driven. It's much more like Google, right, where somebody's going to type in Capri pants or workout pants Mm. unless it's one of your customers already who is just happening to come to Amazon to look for your thing. They're not necessarily going to be typing in KDK, right? So, and the the place that I see this, and and Katie, I think you fell to part of this as well, is in the title, right? And it, everybody in the TAS community that I see do this. I see a lot of people inside the private label classroom as well, Scott. They throw their brand name on the front of that title, and they actually take up a lot of that really powerful keyword real estate with their brand name instead of using another way to talk about, you know, whatever the product is, in her case, the the pants, Right. Her name is right under that. So even just removing that from the title would give her another nine or 10 characters in the title to really help to drive that keyword optimization as well. And, you know, that that would probably be the place that I would start. And you kind of touched on it. You got to give them a little bit of extra love, even. And I would say probably even more so than you do on your own e-commerce site, because it is such a different animal than even selling on your own site, because a lot of those people are going to be familiar with the brand. So you do have to do a little bit more in terms of helping people understand everything that your that your clothing line is on Amazon because they don't necessarily have any idea who you are or what you're about. So you have to do a little bit more of that education because you're not on your own platform. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it totally does. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking at her site right now, too, and I see a lot of like ambassadors, right? Uh, they have hashtag divine brave, right? So there's like there's like you're putting faces, uh, you know, of, you know, KDK, right? And you're putting maybe some testimonials in there and you're like that stuff. I would put that in the description as well, right? I would try to highlight. I mean, you have so much that you could be using to really build some credibility and some social proof and all that stuff. And the other thing is, is if you have, you know, and again, some people might not want to do this, but again, this is just a thought, just an idea. Chris and I are here brainstorming, right? If you have a customer list already of your own and you're doing this as a closeout for last year's models or last year's designs or whatever, right? Well, yes, you can send them to your website and you can go ahead and make that sale without paying FBA. But if you're going to run a promotion through a review group, why wouldn't you run it through one of your uh, one of your email lists in your own business, right? Give them a small discount to go on there with a coupon code and then mention that you would like, uh, you know, a review um, if they get a chance, leave me a review or whatever right in there. And this way here, you're capitalizing on your audience that you already have. And yes, you're not getting the sale on, you know, uh, your own e-commerce, but you're trading it off with how much you're paying on FBA fees for a review from someone that's already been on your site or already been a past customer. Chris, what's your thoughts on that? And that's that's actually that was going to be the next point on my list. And Scott, you you, you touched on something that was really kind of interesting. She does a really good job of defining her customer avatar on the site. Right. She basically says in a couple different places, this is who this clothing is for. She doesn't say it that way, but that's, you know, like the defining hashtag defining brave. Everything in that section is who her audience is. Yeah. Right. And you kind of lose that when you transition onto Amazon because there's only a small paragraph description. You can add a lot of that stuff back in. And so, with you know, we all know that not everyone reads the description, obviously, because you've heard my rant about that in the past. But the people who do make it that far down, at least, will be able to see that. 
And, you know, I'm sure she has an email list. She has, you know, 12,000 fans on Facebook. She, I'm sure she has a strong Pinterest following, a strong Twitter following. So maybe instead of going through some of these blast promo services, it might make sense to do a coupon promo. And I don't even know that you would have to do free or, you know, the dollar. No, I would just do like because, 20% off or something, right? Because 20, you're targeting 25. your list. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. And those people have probably already bought from you. They already know who you are. You're just driving them to the Amazon listing. Now, the thing you may want to be careful of with that, obviously, is you don't want to do that over and over and over again because you do want those people. You already own that audience. You want them to come back to your site to buy the new stuff. But if you do that a couple times up front to do some of these promotions to get your base of reviews, I don't see anything wrong with that. And you can probably actually make a little bit more during that process because you don't you wouldn't have to do it for free. You could do it at 50, 30, 20 percent off. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. And, you know, going back to the images, I mean, I can see like a simple thing right now is to take like I see like there's three images on the website that says uh, that says meet the faces of KDK active. Right. And it goes through and it has some testimonials and has a picture of a woman and it says I am a hashtag defined brave ambassador KDK. Right. And then you got another one, another girl uh, that has boxing gloves on that says I'm a hashtag defined brave ambassador. Right. So I would put those images into my images on Amazon, right? Like I would put that in there to show that you have these people that are strong ambassadors that love the product. Now, if you don't want to use the image, but you want to use the copy of the testimonial, then just maybe take the person's face or whatever. So that way you're there. You're not like saying like, well, you know, this listing has, you know, this item, but yet you're advertising something else if you don't want to go down that route. But I love the idea of having the ambassador there that, has, gives a really a strong credibility to it and having that into the images. Um, and then just going back to the images, I mean, I think that the images, especially in clothing and stuff, we want to see it war, but we also want to see different angles. We want to see, uh, we want to see a face. I seen some of the, of the, uh, yoga pants that all you see is from, you know, the, the waist down, like, you know, like, I mean, yes, I get it. That's what you're buying. But then have another one of a, of a woman doing a workout routine or have her, uh, you know, posing full body where you see the face because we all love faces, right? So I think that that's a huge thing that you can do almost immediately. And, uh, and that's going to help just fill out the listing, but also make it just look more like it wasn't just thrown together. That's, that's my take on the images. Chris? And I think that's something that she's already done really well on her site. Right? Very well. I, I just pulled up a pair of the capris on her site, and it looks like the only image that's uploaded on Amazon of these is, you know, the lower half body image, like you said. But on her site, she has that, and then she has two people wearing them doing a workout outside, and then you get the back and the the full body kind of a view, and that really helps sell it because the thing that we have to remember is when you're buying clothing, especially online, you don't get a chance to try it on. So you have to see a couple different angles. You have to see all of those kinds of different things that you would look at in the mirror, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, having those different angles and people doing different things, especially with something like clothing, really starts to put you in the place of understanding how it's going to look on you, if that makes any sense at all. Um, it just it helps with projection of of the customer into what it would be like for them to wear those pants. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and the other thing I want to mention here, too, I just scrolled down on the home page and right on the very front page. And obviously, Katie, you you know that you're you're kind of supposed to do this because it's it's kind of like that building the credibility and the authority. You have Katie K active has recently been featured in, 
you know, the curvy fashionists uh, or whatever, Bustle, uh, the Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, DailyMail.com, Cosmopolitan, right? All of these major brands or, or, you know, publications you're being featured in. So why wouldn't you put that same stuff on your Amazon listing? Like put that one little image that you have that's at the bottom of your homepage that has all of the stuff that you've been featured in and make that one of your images. Like there's nothing wrong with doing that. You just can't make that your main image. That's that's what I would do. I mean, right there alone. Um, now, let's, Chris, let's dig in now that we've kind of built up like everything that she has already that she can kind of put into the Amazon listing with a little bit of work. Uh, let's let's talk about like she was saying, like, how do I know what keywords I should be going after? My first thought on this and I'll have you go. But my first thought on this is number one is like you should have a pretty good idea who's buying those pants, who's buying that top, right? You should already have a pretty good idea, not just yoga flex or stretch pants or whatever, right? It should be specific. What makes your pants or your top or whatever special? What is your avatar? What do they look for? What are they looking for in in that particular clothing, right? Those are the things that you need to put into your title or into your bullets or into your description. Now, another way that you can do it because obviously Amazon is a little bit different and you know than your your website, but what you can do is just start running some some pay-per-click on a few of your more popular listings, let's say, and just start running an auto campaign and then pull back the data from there. Okay. And then from there you're going to see what Amazon feels as though your product should be positioned in front of it's by those keywords so that's going to give you a little bit of intelligence then I would also go look at my competitors and I would see the ones that you're kind of competing with in this you know in this uh, category okay and then from there I would probably even go and run a uh, a keyword a, a reverse ASIN on uh, like using simple keyword tool okay now if you guys are listening to this and you don't know what uh, what these tools are or anything you can just head over to the resources page that's the amazing seller.com forward slash resources and you can find that there and I would just take two or three different listings that you feel are doing pretty well and I would reverse the keyword search and then I would just start using those and I would see and I, I would see how that would go but I would definitely be using pay-per-click in this I would I would say that's probably going to be a huge advantage for you Chris I would actually start in a different place Scott I would start with her website. She has Google Analytics. At least I hope you do, Katie. And if you don't, please, 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 please install it. Um, and I, I would look with what's driving search traffic there first because you know, and, and you can compare that to who's actually buying it, right? So she can get some keyword ideas. Now they've gone through some changes and they don't show you everything, but that's at least a good place to start. So I would start with that because you can actually look at what keyword drove sales, right? Outside of that, then I would come in and the very next thing that I would do is exactly what you just said. And it's pull up, you know, the, the top 10 competitors. Right. And just just through a quick glance at them, they're doing some of the things in their titles that you and I talked about earlier. Right. There's a couple different main keywords for how people would search and describe these, not just kind of the one that Katie's used so far. And so running running some reverse ASIN searches on those would go a long way, I think, to helping her develop that keyword list for when she goes to rewrite her copy and also for pay-per-click. And I know she asked us if, if PPC is worth it, and it absolutely is, especially in a category like this where you are going to have heavy competition, and a lot of it is going to be based off either the look or how, how in front of that person that you are. And so I think she's going to have to watch it a little bit more closely than than some of the other people in the TAS community might. 
but it's definitely something that I would do. And it's going to be a good advantage for her because she's going to be able to share the lessons that she learns both from her website and from Amazon to the other platform. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And, you know, going back to your, you know, Google Analytics, I think that's a great idea. And what I what you can also do is just take your website address and then take and type that or copy that into the keyword planner as well. And that will do a pretty good, uh, you know, suggested keywords. It'll give you a bunch of those just by looking at your content that's on your blog already. And then it'll start giving you more suggestions. So I would do that. But I definitely think that um, this particular product line that she's going after is kind of like the women that are losing weight that but but might still be, you know, on that path to losing weight. So they're going to be a little bit oversized. Right. And I think that's the market that you're going after. Right. So you really need to and you probably already know this, Katie, but, you know, that's what you really want. You want to be laser focused on that. You want to be laser focused on that avatar. Who is it that's that's buying this clothing and then really positioning that message to call out those people. So that way there there's no question. Right. It's made for them. Right. And you need to convey that in your Amazon listing as well, because if I look at your at your one listing here, I see KDK workout urban leggings for women, ankle length, wide waistband leggings. That's it. That's what I got. Right. But if there was something in there that talked about, you know, whatever it is that, you know, your customer is searching for, uh, not just KDK workout urban. Yes. If I'm if I'm one, if I know of you, then I'm going to maybe search KDK workout you know, leggings or whatever, right? But if I don't know you, that's really what we're thinking here. Let's pretend no one knows you, right? And they find you, then KDK doesn't mean anything other than you're a brand, right? But the workout urban leggings, that might mean something. Or, you know, ankle length, wide waistband leggings. I'm not sure if that means anything, right? But you know what means something. So that's what you want to put there. So when someone is scrolling or someone is searching, they're going to find that and see that. And then that's going to allow them to find your image. But in the other, in the other part of this is then when they see your image, you want that main image also to, to really, you know, knock it out of the park. And I think that the main image that is on this particular one is, is okay. But then I think on the next image, I would want to see, another image of maybe it full length so you can see the person's face and then maybe a side and then maybe a back, you know, and then maybe even zoom in on the ankles and how they're constructed and why they are good. You know what I mean? Like trying to show detail of the product, not just like one image, you know? So Chris, what do you, what do you think? I think that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, just looking through a couple more of these listings, there is room, even if you didn't expand your bullet points, which I think you could do without, you know, having the big blocks of text that kind of intimidates a lot of people. There are a couple, you know, it's 88% polyester, 12% spandex. I've seen a couple listings on here that have that as two different bullet points. So you can take and incorporate a lot of those things, which comes back to, she does a really good job on her site. And I said this earlier of defining that customer avatar. And you just need to convey that whether it's in the bullet point or in the product description or even in the photos right? Through incorporating some of those things, you need to start to do that on the Amazon listing because that helps you niche down within Amazon itself. Right, right. The other thing I want to bring up here quick, and I don't know about the other listings because I'm only looking at this one right now, but I see it where on the price, it just says price $59, right? Well, maybe there's a suggested retail price and then there's a price and then maybe there's your sale price, 
right? Now, I know you said you don't want to have to or be, you know, kind of like you're competing with, you know, people that are selling your brand. And I get that. And again, this is last year's model we're, we're saying, right? But if your suggested retail price is $59, but yet you're willing to, or let's say that your price here is $59. Let's say suggested retail price is $79, right? Then you should have suggested retail price, and that is manufactured price, basically, is going to be $79, but then you're going to have your price, and it's going to show a strikeout in that, and then it's going to have a savings next to it. You save, you know, $29 or $20 or whatever, right? It's going to show that. Subconsciously, as a buyer, I want to see that I'm saving some money, and Amazon's all about getting the best price, right? So without you really having to cut your price, show what the suggested is, and then show what your retail is or your sale price is, and then that will allow you to show that sale price or the strikeout of the old price and then what the new price is, and then you'll see the percentage that you save. What do you think about that, Chris? I like that a lot. I think, and it's something that she brought up in the voicemail itself. She said, you know, she doesn't want to compete with the retailers and that she thinks Amazon or she has kind of the common misconception that Amazon is all about the lowest price. And while price is a driving factor, it's not necessarily how low the price is. It's the perception of value. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So doing what you just said and saying, okay, well, if I'm going to sell it for 59, realistically, I could sell it for 79 or whatever those numbers work out to be, that perception of value is significantly higher. And if she does some of those other things like fix the title, add some additional photos to showcase the different angles and showcase some of those things, doing that pricing strategy will also go a long way to helping to drive even clicks on that listing initially, right? Because they'll see all of those different things. Um, one of the other things that I saw just kind of scrolling through the results on Amazon and Katie is just something that that's like a nitpicky correct it thing. Some of them just say Katie K as the brand and some of them say Katie K active. So we may want to unite those just as, you know, it's not necessarily an optimization thing. It was just a, a cohesion thing that I, and I, I like that too. I, I think Katie K active is, is the brand. So that's what should be in there. Uh, yeah, for, for and, sure. And that's that's going to be a keyword that people will use occasionally, right? Sure. Active wear, active, you know, all yep. of those kinds of things. So it helps you kind of fit that expectation when they land on your listing and says by Katie K active. Yeah. And I'd be curious too, uh, Katie, on the back end of your listing, I mean, how well you're optimizing the, you know, the search fields, right? I mean, you have these search fields and in those search fields, you're able to then, you know, include all of your really strong keywords, right? That's another place to where you can start to be found and uh, and I would definitely make sure that you're utilizing that by doing, like we said, number one, if you have a list, a handful, a list or whatever of your keywords that you know that you want to rank for, those should be in there without repeating them. Again, anyone that's brand new, we've talked about this before with optimization, you don't want to repeat the keywords in the front or in the back. Um, so just, you know, use it once and then move on. You don't have to be, they don't have to be in any order or anything like that. You just, just need to be spaced apart. Uh, so definitely make sure that you're, you're utilizing that. And then, like I said, on the images, I would definitely put something in there that also gave your credibility about being featured in these other magazines to get, again, uh, build this credibility. And then I would also use testimonials in my description somewhere. And I would try to break that up and I would try to make it so you can scan the description and not just so it's a, a blob of text. Um, and, you know, I know that you're not supposed to, I'm using air quotes, you know, use any HTML. Um, as of right now, I still believe that you can use the paragraph, the paragraph break. Is that correct, Chris? Breaks. Yeah. Yeah. The breaks. Is that what I said? Did I say? Did paragraph I say? break. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 
I knew what you meant. You're the breaks. About the PR tag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to put little breaks in there, uh, I think is important to be able to scan it and also highlight those few testimonials that you want to put in there. I don't, you know, you don't have to put tons, just put, you know, one or two. It just looks nice. It also talks, you know, shows that people are talking about uh, their experience with it. And again, just, you know, I, I'm looking at the bullets on this one and they're, they're good. They're, they're fine. It tells me what the features are, but what are the benefits? I don't see a lot of benefits here. I see 80, 82% polyester, 18% spandex. That's like that, that there is a feature. It's not really a benefit, right? Imported, that's just a, I guess it's a feature. I'm not even sure what that would be. UV rated 50 plus, I guess that's a benefit. Uh, discreet right side pocket, uh, that's a benefit. Moisture wicking, um, that's a feature, I guess, maybe it's a, a benefit. It's a, if benef- you, a benefit? Yeah, because uh. <laughs> yeah, because it, if you think about moisture wicking, what does that do for someone? It makes well, them so they don't sweat so much. That's something that I was going to say is these are all mostly features, but they can easily be rewritten as benefits. Yeah, reflective right? heat transfer for safety, right? Turn that into a benefit. What? How is that going to make the person wearing these have a better experience? And that's really what it is. So when someone's thinking about, wow, I can wear these and I can feel like I'm not sweating so much, that feels good, right? I don't want to feel all drippy, right? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so you want to put that in there, you know? So not just moisture wicking. You can put moisture wicking and then put and then put right after that what the person can visualize that being like, right? Um, so that's so, what I would do too. So I would how really would you do that, Scott? So What's, like moisture wicking colon and then why it matters. Yes. Right. Or dash why yep. it matters. Yep. So moisture wicking, you know, keep you dry even when you're sweating profusely. Or, yes. That's probably not the words right. that I would use. After a hard workout. <laughs> yeah. You know, right. dur- during your workout and after, you know, um, you know, keeps you dry and not, uh, you know, sweaty. Or, and then you mentioned you mentioned the I think it was like a right pocket. Yep. Right. Yep. Discreet Just, right side pocket. For those of you who don't know, and this is going to sound ridiculous. Most women's clothing, especially activewear, don't have pockets. Right. This is something that that my lovely lady talks about all the time is, well, I'd love to take my cell phone here or this thing there, but I don't have pockets. Right. I don't want to take my whole purse. I just want to take my phone and my keys. Yep. So that that's actually that's actually a really good feature and a benefit that not, you know, that could actually help her stand out. I don't know, you know, with her competition, but I do know that that's a, a common problem with women's clothing. Right. But not did, that I wear but, women's clothing, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but discreet right side pocket that implies that you could put something in there, but maybe you could suggest what could be put in there, your keys, your phone, whatever, right? right. That, that, you know, that would be a selling feature that people are like, oh, wow, every other set of, uh, you know, workout urban leggings or whatever, uh, don't have this, but this does. Well, then that's something that needs to be called out. And again, these are just things to, again, remember, you want the the person looking at this to see the benefits, not just the features. The features can be rolled into a benefit, but the benefit, we want that person to paint the picture of what it'll be like to use this product or these, you know, leggings in, in this case. Um, so you just want to... Doing- you're, you're doing the same thing in the copy that you're doing in the photos. Yeah, you're right? just explaining the, it. It's the projection of what it's like to actually be wearing these. Exactly. And Scott, before we get completely off of it, you mentioned something earlier that we kind of take for granted when we're starting this the other direction, and that's the keywords. And you said, you know, I, I'm curious what the back end optimization looks like. You know, a lot of things that people miss with variations is that every size and every color counts as a different listing. 
So just in this one that I'm looking at, you know, she's got small to three X and then she's got four colors. So she has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven times four. That's what, 28 listings. If I can do math at all, I'm sure mm -hmm. all of my math teachers are cringing right now. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's 28 completely different sets of keywords that she can use. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. And that's there. really powerful. And I guarantee you, your competition is not taking advantage of that. Mm. I guarantee you. And Katie, right now, I bet you're probably if if you're using that keyword section, I bet you're using very similar or the same keywords across all 28 of those variations. So I'm willing to bet that there's a lot of wiggle room in there in terms of what you can use because they're all grouped together. If somebody clicks on the coral with black and they're actually looking for something that's blue, they can still get that in your listing. So you don't have to worry about trying to cover all of your bases optimize each thing individually. And I know that it sounds time consuming and that it sounds like it's going to take forever. But once you get the hang of it, it does go pretty quickly. And once you do it, you're done. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. So we're going to start wrapping up here, Chris. But the one last thing I wanted to mention here or actually two two quick things. How much inventory to start and keep at FBA? That was the other question. And I mean, my my first thought is, well, right now you're selling, let's just call it, let's just say that you're five a day. Let's just say five a day. So at five a day, you're going to multiply that by 30 days. You want to keep at least 30 days supply in there and then probably a few extra uh, weeks just to be on the safe side. Now, if you start to see your numbers go up, well, you control the inventory. So then just ship in some more. It's going to take less than a week to get in stock. So that's the advantage that you have. So I wouldn't send in too much, but I would send in enough to do the five to seven units per day. And then if you start to see one starting to really take off, then just start to add it as you need to. Um, so I wouldn't keep any more than a month, month and a half in stock of the projection of what you're going to do. And I know that's kind of hard because you're hoping to get more, but you'll be able to start to slowly start to see that, uh, you know, to how much you're starting to sell. And worst case, if you did sell out, then you sold out and then you got to just replenish. Not the end of the world. Um, so that's that. I don't, And Chris, I don't think there's, I mean, is there anything else that you would add to that? Yeah, I would just say, you know, she is in a little bit of a unique situation in terms of inventory because she is supplying to, you know, all of the wholesale people that she has. So she probably has more on hand than most of most of the other people in TAS. So I'd say, you know, minimum of two weeks, but realistically more like a month's worth. And you'll know what you're selling because you can pull it up in the reporting within Amazon. So you say, OK, I'm selling three of these a day. Multiply that by 30. So I need to keep 90 of these in stock with FBA. Yeah. I need to keep 60 of these in stock with FBA. Yep. And then if for some reason, and one of the things that she kind of expressed in that question is like, well, what if my manufacturers or my wholesalers need it? You can pull that inventory back if you need to. Exactly. Like if you have somebody that wants to buy all 90 of them from you, you can pull it back. It's a very incremental cost. It's basically just the cost of having it shipped back to you from Amazon, which is cheap. And then you can do whatever you want with it. Or you can do a fulfillment order from the Amazon backend and just send it directly to the supplier. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, totally. Okay, so uh, the last one is, and we kind of touched on this, but we'll talk, We'll just touch on it one more time. Are sponsored listings worth it and are they different than pay-per-click ads? And the answer is they are worth it. Um, I think Chris and I both agree on that. And they are not different than pay-per-click ads if we're talking about inside the Amazon platform. If we're talking about Facebook ads in their pay-per-click, that's different. If we're talking about Google, that's different. If we're talking about Bing, that's different. We're not talking about that. We're talking about pay-per-click ads inside of Amazon, and that is the sponsored listings or the sponsored ads that you see. Now, there are other ones when you are your vendor express, which we won't get into that stuff, um, but you know, there's other opportunities to be at different places. But right now, 
I would say focus on Amazon pay-per-click. That is the sponsored ads, the sponsored listings, and that's what I would focus on. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, as far as like getting the data, that's like the number one thing to get the data of what is actually being put in front of these customers and what people aren't clicking on. And then that's going to give you the data to move forward. Chris? Right. All of, all of the keyword stuff that we talked about earlier is kind of the, the best guess, right? Pay-per-click is going to give you the actionable data. So you yeah. need to start with some of that competitive analysis, some of that keyword research, use the keyword planner, the you know reverse ASIN search, all of those kinds of things. And then once you start running PPC, you can take what's working there and apply those lessons yeah. because those are going to be the, the biggest, most impactful data set that you're ever going to get back from Amazon. Yep. They don't tell you what, what you're selling from organically, but they do tell you everything that you sell from, from paid. Exactly. So you can start to, you can start to see those trends just by using sponsored listings. Exactly. All right. So I think that is going to wrap up this session. Chris, we did pretty good. I know we are trying to uh, get in, uh, getting our, uh, what do I want to say? We're our training. We're, we're training for our live event. We're uh, going to be doing a live event in May, May 1st, that is, where we're going to have 10 hot seats just like this. And we're going to give 30 minutes to actually go through and answer. So I think we did okay. We we're a little, maybe a little long. We might need to trim that back a little bit if we're going to get all of them done, done in one day. But uh, this is a lot of fun. I know you and I both enjoy talking about this stuff. I'm excited, Katie, for for you. I think you have a great opportunity here. I think you just have to tweak a few things, and uh, and and then from there, just you know, apply it, and then kind of do things as they happen, right? So as things start to change, make the adjustments, try new things, test new things. But I think that you have a really great, uh, you know, a, a great opportunity here to take advantage of. So definitely keep us posted on that. So again, if you guys are not attending the live event, which there's only 30 of you that are, we have 10 hot seats, uh, it's already booked. But if you wanted to sign up for a future one, a live one that is, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live and you can get on the notification list there. And we don't know when the next one will be or where it will be, but if you were interested, you could always jump on that and we'll let you know as soon as we know. And the other thing you can do is if you wanted to hang out with us on a on a uh, hangout just like uh, kind of like this where we answer live Q&A and we also walk you through the five phases of launching a product, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop and Chris and I get on there and we do a full, well, just about two, two and a half hours worth of teaching and then doing live Q&A. It's always live. And again, you can register for an upcoming one there at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Chris, is there any last thing you wanted to say before we say goodbye? I think you I think you covered everything that I would want to talk about. So I think we're good to go, brother. Awesome. That is really good. That was clean. I've, I was figuring <laughs> you would have something else to say. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap it up, guys. I want to, uh, again, remind you guys that I'm here for you. I believe in you. I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on. Say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Chris, you say it with me now, too. Ready? Take action. action. Do it one more time, Chris. Come on. Take Take action. All right. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.